You're listening to the Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. I vomited last night. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. I literally vomited. I threw up. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. To the ticket, 93.7. It's the happy hour here on 93.7. The ticket, ticketfm.com. I am Rico, joined by Austin Orman. Megan Walker chilling back here. We were just talking track in the break. Talking about uh, dual sport athletes. And uh, if they can continue to be dual sport athletes when they do get to college. Because uh, I know I had a couple of guys who I went to UNK with who did football and track. And they were sprinters. So... You put on that football weight, and then you come out to track after the season is over. Granted, at that time, when I was in college, UNK's football was cheeks. <laughs> um, we had just moved to the MIAA, and they were like the kings of the RMAC. We had just moved to the MIAA, and it was a wake-up call. <laughs> it's all because you weren't playing, Rico. I know. I, I should have. We would, Me and my friends would always go out, and we would work on uh, goal line fades. <laughs> <laughs> and like defending goal line fades, I was I was elite at that. You were the lockdown corner. Yep, nice. Yep, and then a couple of times toe tap in the back corner of the end mm. zone for oh, gorgeous. I, should, I would have been a great dual sport athlete. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. The guys that did were were bigger guys. You were running back, linebackers, um, and they were sprinters on our team, which crazy. But um, they would come in and they had all that football weight. And they had to shed it. And it was intense because they're coming back for our conditioning periods and we're running tempo twos, we're running 400s, we're doing all these things to get our conditioning up, get our sprint endurance up and all this. And they are just lagging behind because they're heavy. They're, they're heavy guys. So they're, they're working on it, trying to get that different kind of lifts for mm-hmm. football and track, different kind of workouts. Your body's working in a different way. They ended up getting down to it. And then after... I don't know how long they did it before I was there, but a year after I was there, so my sophomore year, all of those guys dropped football and were just track athletes. Hmm. This isn't to say that that's what's going to happen at Nebraska, but it is hard to put on that weight for football and then go on and do a sport like track and field where your weight, if you're a sprinter, your weight doesn't have to be as high as it has to be if you're a wide receiver or something in football. If you're a thrower... You know, it's just distributing the weight in a different manner, um, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's difficult. Or even like a Tanner Farmer playing offensive line and then wrestling. That's that's different. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, it is. I, I think there every athlete has a point where there's good weight and then there's extra weight. So finding that good middle ground of good football playing weight and then good running weight for track is mm-hmm. key because you don't want them to take off too much. That's Scary and does yeah. all, all the good, um, but you also don't want him to put on too much because I don't think every football player has to be yoked up and jacked out of their mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I get why you know some of the best are, and I think there's somewhat of a correlation there, but I, I think it's more important to be you know, functionally strong as a wide receiver than able to bench 600 pounds strong as a wide receiver. Yeah, it's not, it's not necessary. It's not necessary for you to be the strongest wide receiver out there. You just, just be, be strong enough. Have, yeah, weight you enough. Have that weight. You just need yeah. to have that weight and have that ability to move somebody out of your way if, if it's necessary. But again, the person you're going against isn't a 300 pound offensive lineman or defensive lineman. You're going to, you're going to be against a corner or a safety, you know, at max, a, a linebacker who's going to be a little heavier than you. But again, 
you're not going to be asked to to you know knock them to the ground. You're going to be right. asked to get in the way so the running back can get around you if you're a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Or as a running back, you know you can have that weight uh, to be able to take that pounding. But there is a certain point where if you are doing football and track, where there's going to be a, a decent amount of weight that you're going to have to you're going to have to uh, polish off. And then it just comes down to not once you have that weight polished off, it's what skills translate, what drills can I work on that, you know, help my first step that help my reaction time, my anticipation, mm-hmm. um, that, that first step, those first few steps even. And then, you know, even, even at the top, how do I maintain this? What can I do to stay at this top speed as long as I can, regardless of whether it's football or that track. sprint endurance is, is crucial. And it's especially, you know, when you're doing those workouts and you're, you're working on those two hundreds, those one hundreds, um, finishing like you are in a race and not letting up a little bit before the finish line because if you do that enough your body's just going to start doing that in a race and that's not something you want to do especially if it's a close race Mm -hmm. you want to finish through the line right megan how many times have you heard that (laughs) finish through the line get yelled that at i got that (laughs) yelled at me so much and i still didn't and it's whatever it's fine the finish line is just like a base you hit the base and you're done you gotta go. You gotta go through it. You gotta hit the wall. You gotta you you know the deceleration period at the end, all that fun stuff. You can't start slowing up. You're not that fast. You're not that guy. You're not Usain Bolt. You don't have <laughs> you don't have pal. you don't have that lead that you can start <laughs> slowing up and looking back and pointing at people. Nah, you're not that fast. You gotta go through the line, finish strong, so that you don't uh, let somebody pass you right at the end there. Is that one of those things that you just know as an athlete that's what you're supposed to do? Or is that one of those things that you just have to learn the hard way? Yes and yes. Ah. Um, as, as, a, as a hurdler, you know, the finish line was uh, one tens. It's a couple steps after the final hurdle. Um, so you're... You're still in. A, you're still right there with everybody. So you're you're working on finishing through that. But at the same time, in the hundred, um, a lot of times for whatever reason, if you're out in front or you're a little bit, you're, you're just slowing up a little bit for for again whatever reason. I don't know why, but it just happens. So that's something that your coaches drill into your mind for the longest time until you finally start going all the way through it. Mm. At least that was my experience. I don't know if that's with everybody. I would always I and it was a problem and I understood it and it is something that I learned the hard way because I got beat by like a like a you know three hundredths of a second once because I didn't finish through the line. Oh, very brutal. Very frustrating. Um but that's yeah, it was something I had to learn the hard way. I never had that problem. I wasn't <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> you weren't dealing with that. I feel like I was much better at stealing bases than I was running hundred meters. I feel like it's different, but I don't know how. It's very that's different a, because to me, there's question. an objective. Like, I I, I wasn't slow, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like elite top end fast either, necessarily. I had a pretty good first few steps, mm-hmm. pretty good anticipation. Other people could catch me, though. But if you tell me I have to dribble down the court faster than someone, I can do that. If you tell me I have to go track down a fly ball, I can get there so fast. But just running in a straight line, I slowed down. I, what, you said it was like objective, but the finish line is also the objective. But it's different. There's not like a ball or something else to do involved. Like just running. I don't know if I get in my head and think too much about my steps and slow down, or if trying I'm to beat just the not people that fast. Next to you. I imagine know. the just, person it just next wasn't you, the same for me. Imagine the person I didn't get next the same to you is the ball. You just have to get there. You have to get there before the ball gets there, right? I mean, I tried that. It just never worked for me. 
I probably would have been better as like a 400, 800 guy too by the end, but you do, you do strike me as an 800 guy, right? That's just so many meters. Like it is a lot. I, of I think my body type is 400, 800 type, right, 400. but my mindset is 90 feet. 400 is a lot of meters. It 600 is. is a lot of meters. I, 100 is too many meters. Hey, look, sometimes 200 was a lot of meters. I can, I can score from first on a double. That's what I got guys. You can score from first on a double. Yeah. You would have been great at a 200. So many meters. It's close enough. So many meters. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Should we, should we convert 270 it? feet versus should, 200 yeah. meters? Could we, could, should we convert it to feet for you? Please do. My little American. <laughs> yes. I use the correct numerical system. Whatever, man. Speaking of baseball and feet and meters, uh, Nebraska baseball. couple commits over the period of time that Rob Childress has taken over as the pitching coach. Um, he's already worth his weight in gold. You you knew that he was an elite coach and uh, an elite recruiter, but I don't know if anybody saw what Nebraska has been doing so far since he's taken over um, happening in this short amount of time. It's incredible. I mean, he's already flipped, what, two or three, three or four pitchers from well, their he, commitments? He's, he flipped a couple of Wichita State, but that's also Sirianni, Sirianni coming mm-hmm. over from Wichita State. A guy from Wayne from Kansas State, I think. Yeah. Well, okay, so... I don't know how true it is because um, I haven't looked into it. I haven't found anything on it yet. But on the Captain Show, you guys can go back and listen when it gets podcasted uh, with Vershawn, uh, Vershawn Jackson and Terrell Farley, the black shirt. Um, he talked about a week before like he was getting ready to move in, Kansas State informed him that they were full on scholarships or something and were not going to honor his scholarship. And that's why you know his, his tweet just said, change of plans. Mm. And he commits to Nebraska. Got Max Anderson. Again, I don't. I don't know. I'd have to look into that more. Um, but that is that is what was said on that show. So um, if that's true, that's dirty. Eh. Yes and no. Um, I don't love it for anyone. It's great for Nebraska. Y- you think you get a hard throwing yeah. lefty? He's throwing what ninety? I think it's a ninety ninety five. Yeah. I, I tend to believe more the lower end of that, especially because I'd like to try a lot of guys out as starters first. If they can stretch them out, and then you typically sit on the lower end of that range. But if he's already touching 95, if he's shown the ability to do that, mm-hmm. that's incredible. And again, I still think even if that is the situation and his scholarship wasn't honored at Kansas State, you did still get him to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So that counts for at least a little something. Oh, well, it's still flip. Yeah. He could have gone somewhere else, but you got, you got him to Nebraska. Um, how, and I guess I'll ask you this, because again, I'm not a didn't play baseball. Unfortunately, um, how rare is it to have a high schooler touch in 95? Very, very. There are more and more guys, especially the upper end ones, touching 90. But we've seen kind of that velocity creep in college baseball too. Mm-hmm. Like all the trends have mirrored each other. It started with major league baseball, crept up a little bit to college, starting to get there in high school as well. My guess is the elite high school guys are sitting 90-ish, mm-hmm. maybe 92 for the most part. Um, I'm sure there's some that can touch 95 if they go max effort, but I... How often can you go max effort? Right. That might be like a, hey, this is the last pitch, full count, bottom of the seventh, we're up by a run, bases loaded, I'm just going to smoke a heater past this mm-hmm. guy. And there are... I'm very confident in saying there are fewer than five high schoolers nationwide who can sit 95. Consistently? Yeah. 
And yes. those are the ones you will probably hear about on the big boards and then never hear about in the majors. <laughs> <laughs> Their arms are going to be T-O-A-S-T toast. So especially getting a lefty who can who can hit 95, that's got to mm-hmm. be crazy. Oh, yeah. Even if he touches it. I mean, I, mean, I think Drew Christo was in that range coming out of high school mm-hmm. as a righty. Um, it's a good tool to have in the tool belt. It's not everything. You hope he has the, the command, the control, and you're going to need more than just a fastball to survive. Because again, with the velocity creep in college too, guys are seeing faster and faster. So you won't be able to just succeed with a slightly faster than the normal fast mm-hmm. ball. You're going to get some more breaking balls in there. Yeah. A lot, a Develop lot of- a changeup, kids. I'm a big fan of the changeup. Big fan of the changeup? Mm-hmm. I could never throw one myself, but I'm a big fan uh, of it anyways. <laughs> I can't throw anything at all. I threw a first pitch out of the Salt Dogs game. And- How'd that go? Was it better than Wemby's? No, 100%. Nice. I threw a, I threw a strike. Had a boy. It wasn't nice. on, it wasn't on a line, but it wasn't a lob. It was in between the two. It was it was good position player pitching. Okay. Okay. Like just if, a nice little line drive to the shortstop kind of pitch. Yeah. Okay. Like if you get under it, you're you're sending it. Okay. Like it's gone. <laughs> but it's going to get there fast enough where you're not going to have the time to like load up on your not back slow pitch foot. softball. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. have time to load up on your back foot and just launch it straight up. Um, I think I it would have been an it would have been a line it would have been a single. It would have been a line. Oh, I, I didn't bring this up with DP. Amon wants to get out to a BP with DP Does this he? summer. Yeah. Did Amon play baseball? Amon played baseball. Amon did everything. I so was Amon, say, that was a dumb question. Amon was a power lifter. Then he played that football, is... baseball, a little bit of basketball, and ran track. Him being a power lifter is not surprising. It's insane. It's unfair. He looks like he could still get out there. Yeah. If if you needed two yards, I think you could hand it off to Amon and he could get you those two Without yards. Without pads. Like tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Ridiculous. It's just unfair how some people are blessed with the genetics like he is. I remember when I looked that good. <laughs> <laughs> it was yesterday. It was yesterday on Madden. I created my play. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That's going to do it for the second segment here. We've got, I've seen Strick walk in the building, so we'll bring him in for the crossover. Um, ask him what he saw at the College World Series uh, over the weekend, who he thinks is going to win. And, and obviously, I'll ask, I'll ask Austin that as well as they get prepared for On the Block coming up next um, after this next, this final segment here on the Happy Hour on 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.